on this episode of Why Watch That. From the strained reunion with uh, Charlotte Rampling's character to the tender interaction between you and Michelle Dockery, what's your secret sauce? <laughs> <laughs> well, I see the secret is working with good people, I think. They bring out... It all usually comes from casting, so you have a good director who will cast it well with people who are on the same wavelength. This is something that, you know, maybe one day Lifetime will get it or the Hallmark Channel, they'll have they'll have some version of it. You know, it might be on Stars, that kind of thing. That's when you watch it. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. Why watch that sneak peek? Listeners, we have a sneak peek for you. It is... Um, yeah, peek is eaten, the word. A peek. Yeah, peek. <laughs> if you've eaten lunch, you may want to just uh, put a hold on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new movie, Raw, that comes out in theaters March 10th. And uh, the title is indicative of what you'll be watching. Now, this is a movie directed and written by... Julia Ducournau. She Ooh. is French, and it is starring some people you probably do not know. Young cast: uh, Garance Marouillet and Ella Rumpf, along with others. It is a subject matter that the critic is going to tell us a little bit about, and I'm holding my lunch. <laughs> so, so look, we start in the movie breath with a family, mother, father, and daughter, and they're eating. They discover that the daughter's food has some animal stuff in it. Oh, boy. The mother says, no, no, this is unacceptable, and, and goes to complain. So we go, okay, what's going on? These, This is a vegetarian family. Okay, we got it, and this mother ain't playing, because the father and the daughter are like, no, it's okay. I mean, she's like, no, it's unacceptable. And of course, this is all in French, everybody. This is subtitled. So we cut to them taking, and the daughter's name is Justine, taking Justine to veterinary college. So you go, okay, they're, they're vegetarians. They want to help animals. The parents are veterinarians. Okay. And we find out that her older sister, Alexia, is a student at the college already. Okay. Now... When she gets there at this college, we look, we just talked about burning sands and here we have another hazing. <laughs> but this is not about fraternities and sororities. It's just the school itself hazes the first year students for an undetermined uh, length of time. They don't know. They only know by a certain sound cue when it's over. So until then, they have to do everything that the older students say. Now, one of the first things that they make these uh, first-year students do is eat raw rabbit liver. Oh, gross. Now, Justine, remember, is a vegetarian, and presumably so is Alexia. The whole family is. So Justine goes, oh, no, 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 I can't eat that. I'm vegetarian. 
And so they go to her older sister and ask the older sister about it. And Alexia says, I eat it, whatever. Oh, threw her under the bus. So what's going on? She's supposed to be vegetarian. She went to school and now she's changed her too. Hmm. So Justine decides, okay, I'll do it. Because her sister says, look, you either do this or essentially you will rue the day. Okay, they will not ever accept you if you don't do this. So she eats it. It makes her very sick immediately. And then later on, she develops like scales on her skin and rashes. She goes to the doctor. The doctor goes, well, I mean, you got to avoid eating this stuff. Now, along the way, everybody, what I haven't mentioned, she does have a roommate. Her roommate is a man. Okay. Okay. And she goes, no, I don't want, uh, I asked for a woman. And he goes, well, what do you want? He said, but he says, look, this is what he says. He says, look, I'm gay. So I guess they think it's the same. That's what he says. Okay. Okay. So they have a relationship going as well uh, throughout all of her struggles. Now, what starts to happen after all of this scaling and everything else is she develops a taste for raw meat. She goes to the fridge and, like, pulls up the meat and smells it and just wants to eat it raw. She goes to her sister. And there's a scene that I will not describe, but it's all about her um, getting a certain kind of wax. And they don't, they got to use the wax in a certain place. (laughs) Okay. And something happens to the sister where this obsession with raw meat develops into a session for obsession for a certain kind of meat that ain't in the refrigerator okay and ain't in that fridge all right now the sisters are at loggerheads they love each other but they hate each other and they take it out on each other and it's all about raw now the question is is Justine the only one who has this appetite for rawness or are there other people involved, okay? And this leads to her doing things that are not good, that are not kosher. It gets out in the school. People look at her like she's crazy. And at the end, everybody, what's the revelation? Is all of this real or is all of it fake? Because we do see that near the school, cars come and hit people. And what happens to those people after they get in? I don't know. So uh, let's stop it right there. What? Yeah. Let's, sweetie, Todd. What's happening? Look, look. look. So let's end it here. Let me tell you the review. I wouldn't call this scary. I would call it suspenseful and gross at moments. But it's the kind of grossness where you gotta watch. It's that kind of thing. It does pull you in. I was hooked. I really was. Reading subtitles didn't matter to me. I was there with them. I really wanted to see how this was going to develop. I think the acting was strong. I think that the writing, for the most part, was strong. The use of the camera was strong. I just really think that they did a wonderful job with this, for the most part. The only ding I'll give it is the end I knew. You know what the end is. However, I will say that Julia Ducourneau what she does with that ending, I appreciated it. So while I knew what was coming, the way they handled it, the way they revealed it, I liked aesthetically, and I liked 
from a storytelling perspective. How do you do that is always a question for storytellers. So what I'll say is this, if you like suspenseful movies and you're not, you don't have um, a, a light stomach, I would definitely say if this is in an art house near you, go see it. Hey, why not? I mean, you are going to be hypnotized maybe for most of it and you're going to get definitely enough out of your money for it. Now, if that doesn't sound appealing to you, if you go, no, I've got to be at home, I need to be under the covers, I need to be with someone holding me as I watch this stuff, that's fine. You can do it that way too and it will work. So it's your pick. Do you watch it in the theater or do you watch it under the covers? Ooh, you heard it here. Raw opens up in theaters March 10th. Now, if you can stomach it, <laughs> we may see what happens. Another Why Watch That Sneak Peek. We got a chance to see a sneak peek of the new movie, The Loot. Excuse me, the Ottoman Lieutenant. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming out in theaters March 10th. And it has a pretty familiar cast. But first, it's directed by Joseph Rubin and written by Jeff Stockwell. Mm. Mm. Go figure. Oh. It stars the very familiar Josh Hartnett, the heartthrob. Ben Kingsley is also in it. And the real, real star, I suppose, is Mikael Huseman, along with Hera Hilmer. And others. Yeah. Now, this is one of those movies that is going to seem real familiar once we start talking. So, Critic, get us rolling. Oh, boy. Well, this is set during World War I, by the way, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Hera Hilmar uh, plays a woman on a mission. <laughs> okay. She is not someone who's just sitting around waiting for the men. No, no, no. She wants to be in the action. Yeah, she's okay? actualized. Very actualized. <laughs> yes, she is. <clears throat> now, she is a nurse. And we see in the opening scene where it's almost, I was thinking of um, the Nick. <laughs> yeah, me too. Exactly. I was exactly thinking about that. Thinking of the Nick because a, a black patient comes in, really needs urgent care. She wants to give it to the him but of course all of her superiors go no we don't do that here you got to take him to the right hospital so this spurs her into seeing a young american doctor who's um in the states at the moment because he's actually in the ottoman empire that's where he has a practice but anyway a missions doctor yes so he's here uh trying to get money and resources for uh that mission that medical mission uh, which is a remote in a remote place of the Ottoman Empire, and Instable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, actually founded by Ben Kingsley's character. Okay. So what happens is she promises to send something to him. I'm not going to get into all of that, but there's a complication. She decides to go over there herself to ensure that it's delivered. Mm. Now, when she gets there. She gets protection in the form of Michelle Wiesman. Okay. Heartthrob. Hello. Who is a soldier? Okay. He's I mean, not Ottoman. just any old soldier. I mean, yeah, he's, he's the Ottoman lieutenant. <laughs> okay. That's him. So he takes her 
to this remote mission, and of course, there is a problem along the way. Now, she finally gets there. She decides to stay to help out. So she's helping Josh Hart- Hartnett. She's helping Ben Kingsley's character, but Ben Kingsley's character is like, this is not a place for you. You need to go. This is not safe. And there's a reason why he's jumped up about that. So in the end, everybody, the question is, who does she fall in love with? Okay, you know that's what it's coming down to. Who does she fall in love with and who is going to die? Because we know that's coming too. Can we just put it out there that she does not fall in love with Ben Kingsley? (laughs) (laughs) No, Ben Kingsley, unfortunately, is not in the running. No, he's Josh and Michelle. (laughs) That's right. It's between the two of them, okay? And the danger that's surrounding them, will they be able to survive? Who is going to actually save whom? If at all. All right, I'm done. So I have to interject with this. Mm -hmm. Michelle's character is an enemy to the locals. Like, it is definitely, there is a lot of tension with war. Because with Russia getting involved, it is inevitable that the environment that she's in will be challenged military-wise. So not only is she in danger as a woman being there, but she's also playing with fire by entertaining any kind of relationship with Michelle's character, which sends Josh Hartnett's character through the roof. Yes. Now, the review. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Oh. This, to me, is not something that you need to go to the theater to see. No. This, to me, is something that you can enjoy at home. It is a love story at the end of the day. I know there's war. I know there's war scenes. There's shootout scenes. There's scenes of of intense violence or yeah. what have you. Yeah. But it really is a love story, an untraditional love story. It's a very traditional love story, but in an untraditional way that she falls in love with you know, these two men who one's good for her and the other one is detrimentally not good for her. Mm. And at the end, you know what happens. Yeah. And you could wrap a pretty bow around it and there it is. Now, I have to talk about the acting. (laughs) I and Ben Kingsley, let's just get him out. Sir Ben Kingsley, let's get him out of the way. He knows what he's doing. Just give the man a script and just let him go with it. He's going to ham it up. He's going to give you, you know, the, the circumstances may be somewhat dangerous. He's going to make it even more dangerous yes. by his acting. So just be ready for Ben to be Ben. Josh Hartnett. Mm. Now, you've been watching Josh in yeah. Penny Dreadful. Yeah. I haven't watched that. So I haven't seen Josh Hartnett in a while and was thoroughly pleased with mm. the growth that he has. I was I was really happy about what he was given here because the writing was a real challenge. It was a real challenge. It was a real challenge for me. And he (laughs) was doing, I mean, he was saving every scene. He was doing the best that he could do. And I I have to say hats off to him. Yeah. Michelle, love him. Loved him since Nashville. Didn't see him in Games of Thrones yet, but loved him since Nashville. Great actor. He's given a lot to deal with. And he does it to me with integrity. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm not going to bash a fellow actor. I'm not going to do that. Oh. I will just say, Ooh. for me, you, you're free to do it. You will. <laughs> it was a real challenge for me to see why these two mm. major. I mean, he is not only just 
you know, a little soldier guy. He is, he's, his whole, his family line is the military. Yeah. And he's got everything to lose here. Why he would do that for Lily, who's played by Hera. And why Josh Hartnett's character, Jude, would risk everything he had for Lily. I didn't quite understand that. I had a real challenge understanding her. She's supposed to be an American and she is, Hera is not an American, and you could clearly hear the challenge she may have had with the dialect. Yeah. So I will just say this be warned. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. I, I, other than that, it was, it's a, it's a, it's a movie that is not going to offend you. You're not going to be like, that's just the worst thing. It's it's along the lines of, you know, it, it feels like a novel, a steamy, not a steamy, but a, a, a summer read, doesn't it? It feels like yeah. a summer novel that yeah. uh, you just sort of curl up by the beach and just read it and just be swept away. Yes, that's perfect. Yes, summer novel that happens to be set during World War One. Yeah. Uh, look, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, I had just seen Bitter Harvest, Ref. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I saw this, and I was thinking of the two of them. I was going, okay, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks. But this isn't quite as ridiculous as Bitter Harvest. I will give them that. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily good, though, because sometimes ridiculousness at least gets you to laugh. Now... I agree with what you said about the acting. Of course, Sir Ben Kingsley. I mean, it's Ben Kingsley. Josh Hartnett, to me, is continually growing. Good for him. Uh, Michelle is a cool dude, period. That's just what he is. Um, Hera, I did see when she was in Da Vinci's Demons, and I'm not surprised by what she's done here. Um, Like you said, the dialect, it was just unacceptable. Um, And that's just the bottom line. Uh, this is, like, I was thinking, okay, y'all trying to do, like, the English Patient or Lawrence of Arabia. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you trying to do here? Because it's trying. It's not succeeding. So please, everybody, we are telling you, um, as far as the theater goes, we don't suggest it. Um, this is something that, you know, maybe one day Lifetime will get it or the Hallmark Channel, they'll have... <gasps> They'll have some version of it. You know, it might be on stars, that kind of thing. That's when you watch it. You know, it might be you don't feel like going out on a Saturday afternoon. You just want to, it's a nice hot Saturday afternoon, maybe. You want to stay in and eat a bowl of ice cream. This is the movie for that moment. Ladies, yeah, ladies, I will add to that. This is a wonderful Friday night bowl of ice cream. I'm going to say that. That's Saturday afternoon business. Get out there and go do your yoga. But <laughs> if, if Friday night in this, you know, just you, it's raining out or whatever, you have no place to go, nothing to do, whip it on and just be swept away and ignore dialects. <laughs> <laughs> so this is opening March 10th. Uh, maybe in a theater near you. Uh, you can watch it at your own risk, or you can wait for that bowl of ice cream on the Friday night when it's raining and you have nothing better to do and you're ignoring the dialects. <laughs> this episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days. 
and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Back to why watch that. A final why watch that sneak peek. We got a chance to see a sneak peek of the new movie coming out March 10th called The Sense of an Ending. Oh. The Sense of an Ending. Hmm. Starring some pretty amazing people. But first, it's directed by Ritish Batra. It is written by Nick Payne, but it's based on Julian Barnes' uh, novel that yeah. was put out. And uh, the cast. The cast yeah. is amazing. We have uh, have an interview up with for, with Jim Broadbent, who you know, I mean, from everything. <laughs> Charlotte Rappling, the great Charlotte Rappling. Mm. Harriet Walter. Michelle Dockery, yes. Downton Abbey, Matthew Good, Emily Mortimer. It's just on and on amazing cast. We can't wait to tell you a little bit about this. So let's get cracking. Yeah, so this, everybody, it really is split between two um, periods of time. Yes. Jim Broadbent, Academy Award winner Jim Broadbent, by yeah, the way. Let's, let's just clarify that. Um, plays Tony Webster. And it, he has this little shop where he sells cameras, right? He's living alone. He's just doing his thing. And something happens that starts to unearth secrets from the past, from That's his right. past. His, his very normal life is interrupted. It is. Now, his ex-wife... Is played by Harriet Walter. Wonderfully played. And his daughter, who's Preggers, is played by Michelle Dockery. Yes. So, Harriet Walter's character was supposed to help Michelle Dockery's character as she uh, goes through her pregnancy, but she's injured, Harriet Walter's character. So, Jim Broadbent has to come in to do the work. So, we see them at what we would call Lamaze, but they call NCT. Mm -hmm. uh, that whole thing. So that's a part of it. But the major thing is he receives something from someone's estate because they've died. And it's incomplete. So he wants to get that part of it that's missing. And that's a whole problem because then we pull in Charlotte Rampling's character who refuses to give up that thing. And they have a history because that was his first love. Now, we see early on when he was in school, when he first met her, and that's played by a different cast. So we have Billy Howell playing younger Tony. We have Freya Maver playing younger uh, Charlotte Rampling, and so on. And what happens is the two of them, their lives were changed forever by Tony's best friend, who is this guy who has particular notions about life and death and history Adrian, and Adrian, yeah, Adrian, all of that, and I believe that's Joe Alwyn's character. Am yes. I right, Ref? Yes. yes. Now their teacher is Matthew Good. Okay. <laughs> so, the question is, everybody, is Tony's recollections of the past are they correct? And if not, is he able to change in his sixties, change his outlook on the past? and move forward in the present and the future? And can he make amends 
for some of the things that he's done in the past? That's the question that the yeah. sense of an ending gives us. So is there an ending? Because there are lots of beginnings. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah. And we want to throw in that Emily Mortimer uh, plays the mother of young Veronica. Oh, and, yes. And she has a very pivotal role in that. Yes. Let's, let's di- dive right into the review. Again, you can hear the interview that we had with Jim to, to hear his thoughts. But we want to give you ours. Mm. This is one of those movies that it just smells and felt like hints of atonement. Yeah. And if you've seen that movie, you know that when the past catches up with the future, things that you thought were are not. This is the same kind of themes and concepts. Mm-hmm. The pacing of this movie is rather slow. Again, you are diving. They're, they're giving you the present versus the past but it's all throughout the movie so it's not in chunks of time it's literally you could be right in the middle of the scene of the present and then they flash you the past so you really have to navigate the structure of the movie yeah just to make sure that you know exactly what's going on and and what's happening and the information that they reveal is not chronological so sometimes they reveal the end first or the middle, last, and you're sort of navigating through all of the clues that they're getting you ready for for this ending, or not ending, if you will. Mm -hmm. So structurally, I did have to say that it was a little more, was it necessary? I'm not sure if it was necessary to structure it that way, but who am I to argue with someone's novel? As far as it being shot that way, as far as being an audience member, I didn't really feel like working that hard. I didn't want to work that hard. Mm. Because you have all these amazing, great actors. I just don't want to put all the pieces together. Because when you, by the time you get to the end, to me, it's not quite the ending of Atonement. It's not that big of a reveal, no. in my opinion. So the reveal at the end, the payoff at the end, isn't quite as dramatic as the buildup, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Which leaves us with the acting yeah now listen we're talking about veterans here oh Whether yeah. they're young or old we're talking about veterans charlotte rampling she's not on screen a long time delivers yeah. she's very much appropriately cast and she is just an acting class in herself yeah Harriet Walter. Love her. Usually see her in period pieces, so it was nice to get a contemporary take from her. Yeah. She is so comfortable in her skin, so comfortable with the lines she says. She really, really, really made me happy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Jim Broadbend, give, give the man another, just, just keep giving it. He knows what to do. Yeah. He is him. He never really changes him. Mm-hmm. He is who he is, very much delivering the lines, very much delivering this man who's obsessed with getting that object, as you were describing, that rightfully belongs to him. And you sort of see him maneuver through all of these alternative facts <laughs> that, are, <laughs> oh, that, are, that are given to him. And he does a fine, fine job. As far as Emily Mortimer, Matthew Good, great. They didn't phone in it. It was great. I have to land on this girl. Uh-oh. Because she is not on screen a lot. Literally, she is a on screen maybe three or four times. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle Dockery is a great actress. Period. Oh. 
Oh. She is. She is. Now, I'm not saying this 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 role was a, a game changer for her. I so appreciated her. Now, this woman is 10 months pregnant. She's not nine months. She is at the very end of her pregnancy. Yeah. She is ready to go. And the moment you see her on the screen, big or small, that woman, she didn't like kind of look at it because the way they had the, the belly was kind of like okay wait a minute hold on yeah, like, yeah she felt pregnant she was breathing heavy she was catching her breath very much determined i thought the little things that michelle dockery did was just absolutely wonderful well acted she's in the hospital she is carrying this child she's ready to go but then she's also trying to give attention to her divorced parents who can sometimes get along sometimes not get along yeah she felt pregnant to me and i was like you know what give that woman an emmy an oscar antonio and a grammy (laughs) (laughs) i just really i i know it's ridiculous but i really enjoyed her performance as a pregnant woman Mm. it just was so refreshing so wonderful had nothing to do with anything that drove the plot i just was absolutely thoroughly entertained overall what am i going to say about the sense of an ending it is a and the young actors did a fine job it's a movie that just be patient with it get through it i don't know if i'm running to the theater to see this one I, i i just don't know if i'm going to do that but i will say that it is in the genre of atonement it is in the genre of a slow paced british film that you know you're putting together the pieces of this mystery so to speak but in a characterization point of view i suppose that was a little awkward coming out but that's where that's where it landed yeah um and look this is not atonement like it's not it is not but it's in the genre of it yes yes but i think that the director Ritesh batra um he his style is it's very flowy it really is fluid so some of the moments for me, I thought he could have punctuated, but it didn't happen. But then on the other hand, what you get is you get to see these actors really just be in their element. Yeah. So there's there's a give and take there. Uh, just like you said, it's really about the cast here. Jim Broadbent is just, all of these people are just so sure of who they are. They don't need to do a lot. They just don't. You know, he and, and he and Harriet Walter as this divorced couple, oh. I think they had such wonderful moments that are so hard to play because it's not in the script. Yeah. You yep. really have to, you have to seem like, okay, I can see how they were married. I can see why they're not married. I can see why they're still talking to each other. Harriet Walter is listening to Henry tell a lot of the story and she's going, why didn't you tell me this before? And you buy it. Michelle Dockery, you buy as not only this pregnant woman that the ref so clearly and wonderfully described, but also as a daughter of these two people who's really just tired of it. But also resigned to the facts, okay? They are divorced, and they don't hate each other, but they can snipe at each other. The younger cast, you can see how they grow into the older cast. It just all makes sense. So I would say for this one, Echoing the ref, this is certainly a rental, um, but it's a good rental. Like yeah, you're gonna yeah. rent it if you like just a, a straight drama where you are learning pieces of a story and you get a little bit of shocks here or there. Where you go, oh really? Oh my goodness, you went there with it. If you want that kind of storytelling, then this isn't going to disappoint you. It's not going to rewrite the book or anything, but it will be 
a fine chapter in that book, let's say. Ooh, The Sense of an Ending comes out March 10th. If you want to check it out, go for it. We suggest you do. Up next is an excerpt of our interview with Jim Broadbent, the star of The Sense of an Ending. For the full interview, please visit whywatchthat.com and check out the guests section. Hello, everyone. We have a very, very, very special guest on our show today. The critic and I got a chance to see a sneak peek of the new movie, The Sense of an Ending. The star of the film is with us today, the Academy Award, Golden Globe, and BAFTA Award winner, Jim Broadbent. Welcome to Why Watch That. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So excited. Now, as we know, The Sense of an Ending is an adaptation of an award-winning novel. And you, of course, you're no stranger to taking on such types of adaptations with the Harry Potter series, Brooklyn, Cloud Atlas, to name a few. Tell us how you became attached to the project and what drew you to this curious role of Tony Webster. Well, um, when I knew it was coming my way, I read the read the book before I read the script, and I just thought that I recognised the recognised the man. I mean, I love the book and I love the script. I think the script did a great job of translating the book into a screenplay. And speaking of your character, Tony, uh, he operates on various mistaken assumptions. Just when he thinks that he's figured something out, he finds that he had it all wrong. So what's the key to portraying that kind of character in a film that maintains a rather gentle flow? Well, I think he's, uh, the, the whole theme of the, of the book and the film is our, our unreliable stories we tell ourselves, how unreliable history is, and that, that runs right through the, the whole film, from the school history lessons at school and right through the, the story as it unfolds. And I think, um, and it's so clear in the in the script that he believes he believes his own stories uh, absolutely <laughs> until he's proven wrong, and so it's just follow his as an acting job. You just believe what he believes, if you see what I mean, and go, and, and go with that. And right. it's such an honor to have you on the show because if you just look at. your resume (laughs) alone (laughs) and the amazing people that you've you've worked with absolutely amazing actors and actresses um that you previously worked with this cast is no exception and um if you look at it the movie from the strained reunion with uh charlotte rampling's character to the ever so beautifully natural tit for tat that you have with harriet walter to the tender interaction between you and michelle dockery what goes into establishing that instant connection you seem to always have when working with any caliber of actor or actress in in other words what's your secret sauce <laughs> well, uh, well it's, the secret is working with good people i think they bring out, it all usually comes from casting so you have a good director who will cast it well with people who are on the same wavelength more often than not uh, that is the case that we're all talking the same language we're all wanting to do things in the in the same way and reach a strong mutual understanding and now shifting from who you worked with on screen to uh, off screen reportedly you've described director Ritesh Batra as a very precise very detailed yet caring director which is remarkable because I mean this is only his second feature length film after the lunchbox so mm. what was it like to work with him it was as I mean as I've said it, it, 
It was lovely. I mean, he's a, he's a lovely man, gentle and but, uh, but caring, you know, and he cares a lot about what he wants to achieve on the screen. It's always a privilege to work with someone who is so um, committed to their project and has a vision for what they want and, and they work towards it because it pushes us into getting a little bit sharper, a little bit more alert to what's going on and it, it gets the best out of us. Um, Jim, you easily, at least it seems, weave among theater, TV, and film. And at this point in your career, what kinds of projects interest you? What makes you want to commit to a particular movie or a play or or a TV show? It's always the script, really. It, um, uh, if, it, if it's a story, that uh, I, li- I love narratives. I like I like stories, and then I like doing things I haven't done before. So the novelty is something I like. I've got, I don't like repeating myself. We have one more question for you. Here on Why Watch That, we always end our interviews by asking our guests which movies and TV shows they're watching right now. So, Jim, what are you watching right now? There's a TV show uh, in the UK I've been watching called No Offense, which is a very, I don't think it's been seen here, I don't know. That's very good. And there's another TV show I really enjoyed called Missing. Oh, yes. That was a terrific, gripping thing. As I say, I like the the narratives. Thanks again, Jim Broadbent, for being on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.